Knock, knock. Who's there? Emma Stone. No, she isn't. Easy A to Zombieland Z, this is Can We Get Emma Stone to Listen to This, the podcast that aims to answer exactly that. I am TV's Kevin Lanigan, and no, it's not a sex thing. When professional speedrunners endeavor to complete Mario games in the lowest possible time, they're not doing it because they want to fuck Mario. They are doing it for the love of the game. Welcome back to episode four of Can We Get Emma Stone to Listen to This. I welcome you, my stoned zoners, as I called you last week. You know, let's let's get these reports out of the way. I have something very exciting to 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 walk with you um, this episode. Um, when when there was only one set of footprints on the beach, that is where I was carrying you to this very exciting thing that we have planned for later on in the episode. But for right now. We got to get the normal formalities out of the way. We got to do the Emma Stone update. We got to do letters. I understand that there are no guests this week. The only guest is a really great idea that I am very excited to bring to you. Are you ready? Okay, but first, no, there's been no movement on the Emma Stone front. There absolutely none. And it's hugely demoralizing, and I cry myself to sleep at night, but we're going to persevere. We're going to move on. It's going to be okay. We're going to make it after all. Emma, the phone lines are open. You can call in or email in canwegetthispod at gmail.com. But until Emma Stone does that, we simply must persevere. We have no other option but to tally on. The sunk cost fallacy is indeed a fallacy. I choose not to believe it. I'm going to keep putting my life, my blood, my effort, my work into this show for you, the listener. But first, letters. So, welcome to Letters. This one comes from a uh, loyal listener named Samuel. Thank you, Samuel. And um, it says, Roxbury, July 18th, 1775, to my dear wife and children. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack. Dear wife and children? Dad? Pop, is that you? Let's move on. Let's move on to the body of the letter, which, oh boy, has no... No punctuation or periods whatsoever. Um, But I endeavor to read my listeners' letters as written and as presented to me. So we are going to do this as best we can. Samuel writes, I received yours with I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold the rest of our children. I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have a couragement of coming in about a month. Ooh, something to look forward to. Damn it, I messed it up. Gotta start over. Gotta start over. <clears throat> 
I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention. Because I left them well, I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell you when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole the rest all all are are all war <sighs> okay one more time third time's a jump third time's a jump I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold the rest of our children. I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not <laughs> coming in about a month. <laughs> Penciled it in. Okay. I received yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family I understand is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home. But I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter to me what I expected, but hope to do... Nope, hope to in... I received yours, but I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand, is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold. The rest of our children I don't mention, because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter to me what I expected, but hope to in the next. Dear madam, I rejoice that I am able to acquaint you that I enjoy a good state of health and God be praised our company is hearty the dangers we are to encounter I know not but I shall indeed be said no it shall I received your which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family I understand is good, but you tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold the rest of our children I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter what I expected to. But hope to in the next, dear madam, I rejoice that I am able to acquaint you that I enjoy a good state of health, and God be praised, our company is hearty. The dangers we are to encounter I know not, but it shall never be said to my children, your father was a coward, that the event be what it will be, not troubled, make you self-easy in due time. I hope to return home in peace and enjoy the pleasures of worthy wife and loving children, and subscribe yourself, your loving husband and father, Small Cooper. Oh, damn it, Sam... S-A-M-L-L Cooper. Well, I fucked it up. Gotta go back. <coughs> I receive yours, which I prize next to your person. The welfare of our family, I understand is good. You tell me John is fat and rugged, which I rejoice to hear, and prize above gold the rest of our children I don't mention because I left them well. I shall give you but a short detail of affairs, for I expect this will not arrive. The state of the army is such that I can't tell when I shall come home, but I have encouragement of coming in about a month, but not certain I want you to send me two pair of linen stockings, for I have had two pairs stole. The rest are all wore out. I did not receive in your last letter to me what I expected, but I hope 
two in the next. Dear madam, I rejoice that I am able to acquaint you that I enjoy a good state of health, and God be praised our company is hearty. The dangers we are to encounter I know not, but it shall never be said to my children your father was a coward. Let the event be what it will be not troubled. Make you self-easy in due time. I hope to return home in peace and enjoy the pleasures of worthy wife and loving children. And subscribe myself, your loving husband and father, Sam L. Cooper. Always like hearing from my fans. And that was letters. But we move on this week to a very special, never-before-heard segment that I, that I think you're all going to enjoy. You see, I'm a bit of a connoisseur of podcasts. I've made several myself. And one of the biggest trends, one of my favorite trends in podcasting is the minute podcast. Now, these are not a minute long. Producing such a thing is hardly worthy of merit. No, what I'm speaking of is the podcasts that take a film and break it down a minute by minute, often on a weekly or five times weekly basis. The Star Wars Minute was, of course, the progenitor of this trend, breaking down that fantastic film franchise minute by minute. Then, of course, there are several other spin-offs: the Glengarry Glen Ross Minute, the Indiana Jones Minute, etc., etc. I could go on. And so I wanted to do something like that here. I wanted to take an Emma Stone film and break it down minute by minute, take a really classic work of Emma Stone fiction and bring it to you in minute-by-minute dissected chunks. Now, we're going to cover it all in one episode. We're going to sit here, and we are going to go through the film super bad, minute-by-minute, hoping to obtain clues of what I might do to attract the attention and the cochlear implants of famed American actress Emma Stone. All right, that's, that's good. It's hard to trace, I guess. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? 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 I'm going to play for you each minute of the film as we dissect it so that you might be able to cruise along with me and that we might be able to, to break down this masterpiece of cinema into perfected bite-sized chunks that go down oh so smooth. And we will begin, as is customary, at minute one. Emma Stone in that first minute, but I, I think if we, you know, let's let's not lose hope just yet. I mean, it was it was merely the first minute of a film. It was it was a it was a it was the opening credits. The the vast majority of the opening credits. There's there's still more to come. Um, 
that that minute began with um, some very old fashioned looking logos for for film companies and film studios, which is strange as the film Superbad came out in the year 2007, which makes me think that those old fashioned logos were an aesthetic choice, even though the film is set in the modern day. Um, perhaps if I ever meet the filmmakers, Greg Matola, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, I might ask them why they chose such an old-fashioned logo and soundtrack to accompany their contemporary comedy, Boob Film. Uh, Most of that minute was devoted to watching colored silhouettes of our heroes, what I assume are our heroes uh, dancing to a a funky, fresh beat and a a very cool song. They were exhibiting um, many high-quality dance moves. What that has to do with hunting down alcohol and having sex with young women is questionable, but nonetheless an exciting and invigorating way to kick off a major motion picture. Let's see what Minute 2 has to offer. for next year and I think I figured out which website I want to subscribe to. The Vagtastic Voyage. Which one is the Vagtastic Voyage? The Vagtastic Voyage is the one where they find like random girls on the street and they invite them into a van. And that was minute two of the major motion picture Super Bad. Um, again, not a lot of not a lot of movement on the stone front so far, but um, these these minute long recordings that I took um, on my cell phone in the year 2007 when I saw the film Superbad theatrically um, in hopes that they might one day come in handy, certainly are now. And we are, we are you know, we're, we're moving right along. Sometimes the protagonist of a film is not introduced for some time, nor are the protagonist's love interest. I mean, when do we meet Kay in The Godfather? When do we meet... Uh, you know other film characters. I certainly do as well. I definitely don't just know The Godfather and Superbad. Yes, so that, that minute began with, with some discord between the dancing silhouettes, the dancing colored silhouettes. They are not Alfred Hitchcock facsimiles. Um, the, the larger um, one um, and, the, and the skinnier one were sort of not getting along so well. They were disagreeing about the best way that one can dance when in a colored silhouette and um there's there's perhaps a lot to pick apart there perhaps this is really setting the the table uh this is this is the the thesis statement that the rest of the film will follow that much of it will indeed be these two characters if they even are characters in the film dancing and then reaching a sort of disagreement until ultimately coming together and jumping through the screen in a, in a very off-putting and terrifying manner um, then we we then segue into um, the exterior of a car where in sits um, an actor, I believe, named Jonah Hill. 
um, who who is playing the the Seth in this film, and um, the Seth gets is listening to the song from the opening credits, which I think is interesting. Perhaps these colorful dances were happening inside of his head, a, a manifestation. Of, of his own internal feelings about what's going on in his life. And he calls up the, the, the character actor, George Michael, the, the Scott Pilgrim boy, you, you know him, the, he's, he's real skinny. Um, my Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Lee, uh, he calls up Sarah Lee and Sarah Lee, um, answers is having his, his cereal breakfast. And, um, Jonah Hill begins discussing with Sarah, um, his, his, a decision that he has made, uh, you know, when I, when I took script writing classes in school, they said that your characters need to have motivation, they need to have drive, they need to have wants and needs, and it seems as if the Seth wants to subscribe to a pornographic film website, one titled, and I wrote this down, The Vagtastic Voyage, and the Sarah has questions about it, and, and, and the Seth says, um, that um, the Vagtastic Voyage is a website where um, men pick up women and take them into a van. And unfortunately for all of us, the minute cut off before we could find out what exactly happens in that van. But that's why we're doing this show. We're taking it one minute at a time. Again, no Emma Stone in minute two. But I don't know if she would have really enjoyed all this Vagtastic Voyage talk. So perhaps it was better that she was not there. Let's move on to minute three. And then they bang the monster on the van. It's like 13 bucks a month and you get access to a bunch of other sites, like one's Latina, one's Asian, um, you know, there's one for fetishes, like feet and pee-pee and shit and stuff like that. It's disgusting, you're like an animal. I'm, what? I'm disgusting. You're the weird one, man. Don't make me feel weird because I like porn. You're the weird one for not liking porn. I'm normal as shit. Peeing on people, that's normal? Evan, I'm not saying I'm gonna look at it. I'm just saying that it comes with the site, okay? I don't know what I'm going to be into 10 years from now. I'm just sick of all the amateur stuff, you know? I mean, like, if I'm paying top dollar, I want a little production value, you know? Like some editing, transition, something, some music. Yeah, you know, well, I'm sorry, Evan, that the Coen brothers don't direct the porn that I watch. They're hard to get a hold of, okay? Plus, your parents are going to be looking at the bill, dipshit. Yeah, you're right. I probably should pick the one with the least dirty-sounding name. Uh, what about, like, Perfect Ten? Something like that, you know? Like Welcome back. The um, the vast, the lion's share of that minute was was devoted to the Seth describing extolling the virtues of the Vagtastic Voyage pornographic website, um, describing all the all the sort of great details that come with um, with the purchase of a subscription. In the same way that if you bought a magazine, it comes with all those great ads that, that fall out of the magazine and are completely useless. Um, and he extols the virtues of, of all these these lump things. As someone who just recently got his second credit card um, and was looking at the perks of each credit card that he was um, could afford to obtain, I, I understand the Seth in this moment of really trying to get the most bang for your buck. You know, you don't want to subscribe to just anyone um, in this world of online streaming, giving us access to content that was previously unavailable to us, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look out for for what's going to be the best deal. You know, now that you're not just purchasing all of cable, now that you have Netflix, Hulu, 
the Vagtastic Voyage, you really got to know where your dollar should go. And and I, I, I think the words of the Seth can really be applied to any of any of these online streaming platforms you know the way he extols the virtues of of the vegetastic voyage coming with with pp porn um could also be applied to say netflix having house of cards it's really the same thing is house of cards and pp porn they are of equivalent quality um name drops from the cohen brothers um who i don't believe directed this film and um again no emma stone but we will press on into minute four pretend because that could be any number of things, you know? They can't really get you for that. That could be like a bowling website. Yeah, but they don't really show dick going in, which is a huge concern. I didn't realize that. Plus, have you ever seen a vagina by itself? Not for me. Hi. Thanks for taking them, Seth. No, no problem, Jane. How are you? Good. Hey, don't touch that. I'm not a piece of meat. You two are funny. I can't imagine what you're going to do without each other next year. Evan told me you didn't get into Dartmouth. I got into some schools, some pretty good ones, so I'll be fine. You going to miss each other? No, miss each other? No, thank you. I know I don't miss each other. Yeah, I'm going to cry myself to sleep every night. Me too. When I'm out partying. Go to school, boys. Bye, Mom. Bye, Jane. I am... Truly jealous. And welcome back. That was minute four of the film Super Bad. Um, something I forgot to bring up in the last minute when when Sarah was talking about um, his his love of production value. And as as a I'm not a connoisseur of pornography, but I dabble, and I have to say I, I agree with him. You know, let's let's show some production value. Let's put a little effort forward. When I when I see. You know, because when you're watching a pornographic film, you know it it seems obvious that the the actors at play are putting in a lot of effort and are doing some very hard work, one that is not reciprocated by the gaffer or the best boy when it comes to lighting, framing, and certainly editing. I find the editing on most pornography to be lazy. Again, I'm not an expert, but I, I dabble from time to time. And um, But yes, uh, we, we, we learn of the Seth's um, distaste of lone, loose vaginas existing on their own, he does not like them in a, in a vacuum of sorts. He really he really needs some context here, and um, I I don't know I I don't know if I share the Seth's opinion. He has a very strong one. I'm not sure I'm a hundred percent on board with it. Um, and then out comes the mother of of Sarah, who uh, played by an actor whose name I did not acquire. But what you can't see because of the audio medium in which we're working is that. Sarah's mother has, how do we phrase this, an ample chest and is bending over to converse with the boys in the car. Um, and 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 the Seth character, as played by Jonah Hill, is admiring the ample chest available to him. And, you know, who among us has not? But it, it's not a good look on the character so early, just a few minutes into this major motion picture, the Seth seems sort of deplorable. Like, if I was going to put him into a basket, it would be a basket full of deplorables. And, mm, I don't know, I, I, I don't like the Seth. I find myself more of a Sarah um, in this particular game. So let's, let's, let's move on. We've talked enough about Minute 4, and I'll see you again in Minute 5. 
you got to suck on those tits when you were a baby. Yeah, well, at least you got to suck on your dad's dick. Fucking the faculty lot? Don't be such a vagina, man. I gotta get a Red Bull before class. You know, you're being an idiot, man. You shouldn't have parked there. Fuck it, I'm about to graduate. You should be sucking on my ball sack. Please take a deeper seal in three years of my life. Oh, fuck me. Look at those nipples. They're like little baby toes. It's just not fair that they get to flaunt that stuff, you know, and, like, I have to hide every erection I get. You know what I do? I flip my boner up into my waistband. It hides it, and it feels awesome. I almost blew a load into my belly button. I mean, just imagine if girls weren't weirded out by our boners and stuff and just, like, wanted to see them. Welcome back. Uh, we The minute begins with a continuation of um, the sentence, the Seth began before the cutoff point, the arbitrary minute-long cutoff point. Um, where he 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 exclaims his jealousy that um, Sarah got to breastfeed from his mother when he was younger. Uh, again, just more vulgarity from from the Seth than I personally enjoy, and uh, certainly a lot for the first five minutes of a motion picture, the first few scenes. But here we go, and uh, then uh, you know the we we proceed on to school. Um, where where the Seth calls Sarah a vagina again, expressing his overall disdain for vaginas. It, it's a it's a consistent recurring theme in the character of Seth that though he quests after the vagina, he doesn't seem to enjoy it. It's a it's a very interesting dichotomy that that shows up a lot in the great works of cinema. You know, you, you watch a film about Wall Street or a film about the rise through the ranks of the mafia, and often the goal that our characters are chasing after is not ultimately the one that they need. You know, in the film Finding Nemo, Marlon wants to find Nemo, but what he really needs is to trust Nemo and to let him go. In that same way, the Seth wants the vagina but does he need it and that is there's a question i hope we can answer by the end of this film and um then the 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 boys are in the convenience store and and spy a naked woman magazine and um the the early minutes of this film remain exquisitely horny and there's simply nothing that we can do about it at this juncture then the michael Sarah begins talking about how he wishes girls wanted his boner, a common feeling amongst many men. I've seen a lot of particularly white men with anime avatars debating this exact thing on the internet, and I had sort of dismissed them um, for their claims that that white men were really the underclass, the 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 true dregs of society who who could not do anything. They were the truly oppressed ones, and I dismissed them as nothing until until Sarah changed my mind. This film is giving me a lot to think about. See you in a minute. That's the world I one day want to live in. You know, it's been like two years since I've seen an actual human female nipple. Shauna? Shauna was two years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But she was insanely hot. 
Exactly. She was too hot. Okay, that's what sucks. How can that possibly suck? I'd be psyched if I got in with her. You got like two dozen hand jobs. Yes, and three quarters of a blowjob, but who's counting, Evan? Look, it was the peak of my ass getting career and it happened way, way too early. You're like Orson Welles. Exactly. If I paced myself, I'd be having at least steady sex with a decent-looking girl. I honestly see now why Orson Welles ate his fat ass to death. Well, you'll have sex in college. Everyone does. Yes, but the point is to be good at sex by the time you get to college. You don't want girls thinking that you suck dick and fucking pussy, okay? I still think you have a chance with Jules, man, really. And she got incredibly hot over last summer, and she obviously hasn't realized it yet, because she's still always talking to you and flirting with you and stuff. Are you out of your mind? Look at Jules' dating record, okay? She dated Dan Remick, who's had a six-pack since, like, kindergarten. I really want to wash Seth's mouth out with soap. I, that, that's the point I'm at in this in this viewing cycle, is the the vulgarity is really getting to me. It's, it's, it's certainly a lot. You know, I call me a cinematic traditionalist, but I, I can respect when a film builds to the vulgarity like an animal house, but to open up with it on top, I mean, this is a bold direction for mid-2000s comedy to be taking. It's a lot to, it's a lot to be front-loaded with here, and this film was remarkably well-received at the time, and by both audiences and critics alike, which is confusing because critics do not often respond to vulgarity, and young audiences like the one designed for Superbad do not often get Orson Welles references. But such is the strange dichotomy of Superbad, and this is the world that we live in. We get we get hints and mentions in this minute of the Emma Stone character of Jules, but no no concrete appearance as of yet. But I will keep you updated as we proceed into the next minute. Jason Stone, who looks like fucking Zach Morris, and Matt Muir. Matt Muir, he's the sweetest guy ever. Have you ever stared into his eyes? It was like the first time I heard the Beatles. Why would she end her high school career with me? You know, Becca dated Eric Rosecrans for like two years. Yeah, but that guy's a fucking idiot. You're actually a step up from that dick load. That's why you need to stop being a... Will you get this for me? That's why you need to stop being a pussy and nail her, okay? You could bang her for like two months before you leave. And I'm not going to dance around it. She looks like a good fucker. All right, I'm tired of you talking about her like that, man. Well, you could talk about her all day, every day, and the second I say one thing, it's like blasphemy? Yeah, well, I don't constantly insult her. I'm not trying to insult her. I'm just saying that she looks like a good fucker, okay? She looks like she could take a dick. Some women pride themselves on their dick-taking abilities. Dick-taking abilities? You think that's a good thing to say about someone? The fucked up thing is, I actually do, okay? If some woman tried to compliment me on my dick-giving abilities, I'd be psyched. Hey, yo, Seth. Welcome back. As a student of film history... I've watched a lot of great pieces of cinema. You're gone with the winds, your Godfather franchises. And, um, well, normally they, they pace out a character's growth. They, they meter out over time a character's flaws and shortcomings so that the audience might gradually grow to understand where they fall short. But the film Superbad wastes no such time in really laying out for you the character of the Seth and, and, his many flaws. Again, in only seven minutes, he has referred to vaginas in a derogatory manner three separate times, yet he wants to go on something called the Vagtastic Voyage, which I find, well, troublesome, to say the least. I mean, he he claims to, to love the pussy, but speaks of it only in negative terms, unless he is speaking in reverence of a vagina that he might penetrate. He has no respect for the female form. He has no respect for the women in his life or their body parts. 
Hamlet's. He remarks upon Sarah's mother's breasts, but I don't feel as if he gives them the respect they they deserve. And at the end of this clip, the Seth is heckled by a be-ponytailed hoodlum that, um, that I wait on bated breath to see the resolution of, and, well, I'll simply have to see you in a minute. What? Did you hear him having a big grad party next Saturday? No. Yeah. Oh, You're not coming. Tell your fucking faggot friend he can't come either. <laughs> so, Jesse wanted me to tell you that you're a fucking faggot and you can't come to his party. No, you really bitched out back there, man. I bitched out? You bitched out, man, fucking Judas. You fucking left me hanging over there. Did you want me to dive in front of the spit? You know, up until this minute, Sarah really had my respect. He he asked for better out of both the Seth and his pornography. He he spoke in reverence of Becca, the girl of his dreams. And and yet in this clip, despite how his character performed in the first seven minutes of the picture in minute eight, well he seems just like the Seth. He disparages women by referring to the way that the Seth behaved as bitching out when when bitches are our friends. They're, they're people just like you and I. I. The Sarah has truly disappointed me in this clip, as does the handicapped man at the end of the clip who calls Seth a pussy, which marks, I haven't been keeping a running tally, but certainly at least the fifth time that a character is spoken of a vagina in a derogatory manner, a vagina or its wielder, Certainly marks at least the fifth time that a male character has spoken ill of a vagina or its wielder. You couldn't see it uh, in the in the audio clip, but um, approximately half of that last minute was devoted to a scene on a high school track where the Seth is not good at running. His fellow classmates are much more adept at the sport of running than he is, and a, a handicapped man bypasses him, which is to signal that that he is indeed a pussy, and the handicapped man states as such, and, well, I just feel dirty. See you in a minute. Equals the square root of negative one, then I squared equals negative one. Okay? In other words, if you consider I as a constant, you can then define the square roots of all the negative numbers. So I is an imaginary number. It doesn't really exist. If I equals the square root of negative one, then I squared equals negative one. Is this making sense? Oh. Okay, bye. Evan. Evan, hey. Hey, Becca. Hey, hey. Uh, thank you for your pen. Oh, no problem. No, no, don't worry. No worries. You just keep it. It'll be yours. You won't have to borrow one again because you'll have that one. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Don't worry about it. So, I was going to ask you, did you hear about Jesse's grad party next weekend? Should be fun. I heard. I, uh, it's a maybe. Really? For me. At the well, that was a very visual clip um, to give you some idea of what happened, began 
in a mathematics classroom where a teacher was extolling the virtues of imaginary numbers and elaborating on how we might use them or find their value. And um, that seems sort of rudimentary and unimportant to the, to the film at large, but what you weren't seeing was that in that same classroom was Sarah portraying the character of Evan, looking around the classroom and finding the Becca, the girl he desires, played by Marka McIsaac, um, and and catching a glimpse, taking taking a good strong look at her, at her chest, um, and and Becca sees this action and gives him a confused look, as in why why are you looking in my direction? This man is extolling the virtues of imaginary numbers on the board. Why can you not focus on that? And of course, the Sarah is embarrassed and turns away. And then we cut to after class, which I assume there was some gap in time there, where the the Becca then asks Sarah if he is going to a party, and um, the same party, I believe, that the that the ponytailed bully earlier told Seth that he could not come to. And well, we'll just we'll just have to wait and see what happens next. Can't help but feel a little beleaguered that that Sarah's love interest has entered the frame, and we are getting a scene with her before we are getting one with the Seth's love interest, Jules, as portrayed by famed Hollywood actress Emma Stone. I'm having a little bit of problem with that. I I just want to get to the to Emma Stone, and and I'm sitting through another a scene that is not that the the ninth one that is not that, and I'm just having I'm having I wish she was in the movie more is what I'm I suppose that's what I mean let's move on moment um just a maybe so far there's so much other fun shit that's going to be happening that night that I can't really commit and you know hurt someone's feelings fun shit but I, I never see you at parties or anything it's because of all the other fun shit I'm off doing <laughs> I'd love to be at all of them but so why weren't you at Dimitri's on Saturday there was just so many things going on I couldn't find a minute to make do? an appearance over there um Saturday was actually a crazy night for me. I had some friends over and we had a few drinks. That's fantastic. I hung out in my basement. The chill zone is where we chill, relax, like relax and chill at once. Then Seth's parents were throwing this party. We got to hang around adults, which was a nice change of pace. You know, you you converse, you talk to people and they have interesting stories. I talked to a man who claimed he had climbed five mountains in his life. Wow. And then we went to a nightclub, which was incredible, this big fancy one. Look at this right there. I feel crazy. I said Welcome back. Um I was doing some research during that last clip because as my attention was not wrapped, uh, though I did enjoy the the early callback of, of the Vagtastic Voyage. I, I had a good time, though I questioned the practice of watching a a piece of pornography with fellow heterosexual men without the end goal of of mutual arousal but to each their own i i cannot i cannot judge another while i engage in practices that some may find objectionable themselves but i was doing some research during that last clip and a fact that i found interesting was that the film has two writers seth roken and evan goldberg and the film also has two protagonists of the same gender as the writers, who happen to be named, and get this, Seth and Evan, can you, of all the odds, that they might share the same name as the protagonist? I mean, do you, 
That can't be a coincidence, right? It can't be. The, the law of probability doesn't account for that. That would be so minute of all the names to choose from. I'm, I think perhaps this film was autobiographical, and I cannot short the movie for not introducing the Emma Stone sooner if she was not introduced sooner in the real-life events this film is based on. So that is my error as a critic for not doing my due diligence, doing my research before taking in any piece of media. But let us press on. You got in. We got right in. You want to do this? Yeah, Fuck you! Then we called it a night. We were all just really exhausted. <laughs> the fuck? You would have loved it. It was an incredible, unbelievable night. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, I, I'd love to go do something like that sometime. Oh, who wouldn't? I mean, it was like me and Seth are always kind of cooking up these fun sort of little, you know, events. So I guess you guys are really going to go crazy next year together. Um, we were going to, but we got into different schools. Really? That sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. I mean, it should be okay. I'm not too worried about it, really. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried at all. All right, well, thank you for the pen. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Bye. Bye, Evan. Welcome back. The The film um, uses this minute largely to, to underline an idea that was introduced several minutes ago in, um, in that um, Seth and Evan will not be attending the same university after, after these two weeks of school have been completed. Um, they really want to underline for us that that is an important fact in the same way that in the film Superman 2 we watch as Superman drops a particular crystal onto the ground only for that crystal to become relevant again later in the film. It's a it's a film device called setup and payoff. And they are I don't I don't believe that this scene was the payoff of the previous one. I think they're building to further payoff on down the road. But the only payoff I'm looking for is Emma Stone. Let's press on. Miss Hayworth, I joined this class because I thought I'd be cooking with a partner. But she's never here, and I don't get twice the grades for doing all the work. I didn't invent odd numbers, Seth. I know, but look at Evan, okay? Just look at him. Hey, don't keep me waiting much longer. I'm getting I'm getting impatient up here. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm over here in my unit, isolated and alone, eating my terrible tasting food, and I gotta look over at that. Looks like the most fun I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's BS. Excuse my language. I'm just saying that I wash and dry. I'm like a single mother. Look, we all know home ec is a joke. No offense. It's just like everyone takes his class to get an A. It's bullshit. And I'm sorry. And I'm not putting down your profession, but it's just the way I feel. I don't want to sit here all by myself cooking this shitty food. No offense. And I just think that I don't ever need to cook tiramisu. When am I going to need to cook tiramisu? Am I going to be a chef? No. There's three weeks left in school. Give me a fucking break. I'm sorry for cursing. I'm getting frustrated at this point that um, we have just watched our 12th minute of Superbad and there's still no Emma Stone to be found, though she is an important component of the plot and indeed sets off this quest that the two our two heroes go on later in the film. And while I understand that a film must pace itself and, and not everything moves at, a, at, a, at, a, at as rapid a pace as um, some some modern Hollywood blockbusters or the film work of of Edgar Wright or or a Looney Tunes cartoon, however, I question the prolonging of Emma Stone for an extended scene where 
Jonah Hill improvs at a teacher about how much he does not like home economics and the relative virtues of knowing and, and being able to follow a recipe for tiramisu. And i just a little tired of it. Super bad, to be completely honest with you. All right. Jules's partner isn't here today either. Pair up with her. Station four. Jules. All right. I'll, I'll give it another shot. Give him back another shot. Hey, Jules, your partner didn't come today? It's kind of a personal question. What? Nothing. It's my attempt to humor. I was just... <laughs> oh, like coming. <laughs> like coming, coming. <laughs> wow, this is a little too far right there. The gesture. Yeah, it's pretty far. Shit, I do that. Oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm actually uh, used to it. My older brother says, like, the nastiest shit. Like, he called me Hymen until I was 12. Oh, it's, it's sick. I know. That's not even clever. No. You know, I would have gone with something, you know, at least like mildly entertaining, you know, like, like, like family jewels. Like nuts. Yes. Oh, yeah. We got stone. This has been Super Bad Minute. All right, that's, that's good. It's hard to trace, I guess. Wait, you changed your name to McLovin? McLovin? that does it for this edition of super bad minute uh we will be back probably never with another installment uh god i'm so glad we got it oh we made it to the end we made it to the stone i'm so very happy right now um buddy 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 okay um so we will be back next week with another episode of can we get Emma Stone to listen to this. I have been TV's Kevin Lanigan. You can find me at TV's Kevin Lanigan on the social media of your choice. You can find my other podcast, the Puffin Publishing Podcast on iTunes and all your major podcast publishing platforms. You can find my web series, Doomed to You, on YouTube.com. And hey, if you got a second or three, head on over to iTunes and leave us that five-star review. There is no way Emma Stone is going to find this show and listen to it without the help of you, the audience, in encouraging and adding to those reviews. I, 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 your humble host, who is in here week in and week out, ask you for one favor after all this free entertainment. Head on over to iTunes. It will take you two minutes to write up that review, and it will do a world of good for the show and myself. Speaking of the show, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can do this at CanWeGetThisPod at gmail.com. Fuck, I fucked it up. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can do that at CanWeGetThisPod. And if you want to send us an email, which I call a letter, you can do that at CanWeGetThisPod at gmail.com. And I will respond to it live on the show. We'll be back next week as our countdown to Battle of the Sexes begins. And we'll end this episode as we end every episode. Fuck.
This has been a Talkback Podcast.